where is the stealthy one and the book nerd? Pretty cool, right? Like a Transformers. Uh, yeah. Sort so of thing cool. <laughs> All right. Welcome to D&D Valiant Odyssey live play podcast played by a group of friends, but nothing better to do. I'm sitting here with a new group. We've got some history, so we're just going to have a bit of a casual conversation about where these guys have been, who their characters are, and then we'll jump into the story for today. So first of all, let's tell our lovely listeners who we have sitting at the table in terms of your characters. So we'll go race, we'll go class, and we'll go one sentence that tells everybody <clears throat> what your character would die for. I'm going to start with Mr. Rengar. Go. Oh, I'm going to be playing Ranga the Moonlit, a uh, ranger, and he's a high elf, and he would die for the ability to be known. Let's go, Morven. I am Morven <coughs> Orthronos, a high elf uh, wizard. I would die for a good book, knowledge and power, <laughs> to be so powerful I don't actually die. That's a lich territory. <laughs> Let's go Gorgonbort. Uh, I'm Gorgonbort the buckler. Uh, I'm a barbarian. I'm a half-orc. Hmm. I'm relentless. What would I die for? I would die for always having my own way and uh, javelins. I'd die for javelins. <laughs> my man. <laughs> and last of all, we got the Baron. Baron Barnabas. I am a Goliath, level four, and I would die for my independence. We've got a bunch of heroes here that have been through some stuff. So these guys met at a small town called Monitus, uh, which was a mining settlement, and they made a very distinct enemy in that town. But from there, they made their way down to a city called Capital, which some of you might be familiar with if you have listened to previous episodes of the podcast. And they found that city in disarray in terms of its political structure, having just uh, suffered an event called The Collapse, which one of its major religious institutions basically was wiped off of the, the city map and the vacuum of power from that caused many different groups to rise up one of which was called the collectors which quickly hired the group to find the fruit mm. jump in at any time help me out please. oh sorry mate yeah there was a man who revealed himself eventually who was colloquially known as the blade and he was the leader of the collectors and was slowly creating an uprising within the city and he was obsessed with this fairy tale that talked about the god's thorn fruit which came from the God's Thorn Tree, which laid in the immortal halls. So the party travelled through uh, the wastelands, basically, but not before being blackmailed, basically, into doing this quest. Uh, one of you suffered a gravest injury. Do you want to talk about that, Rangar? Is it on the way to becoming blind? So he's a little bit uh, agitated that he um, no longer has his keen, keen senses, but he's and, working on it. And what yeah. what what gave you the we, were you poisoned? Yeah, so. Yeah, that's why you don't take drinks yeah, from strangers. Yeah, you shouldn't take potions from. Um, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. From yeah, lady people potion. that, uh, you know, you're trying to impress it's, the group. It was meant to be a health so thing, wasn't it? <laughs> didn't quite work out and tried yeah. to show a bit of faith and faith was not rewarded. That's, <laughs> that came from my mouth. <laughs> he so, did yeah. run off on his own after chasing someone. Yes. Leaving the rest it, of the group Exactly. Behind. Yeah, it was a good shot. It was an excellent shot. Nailed. It was an excellent shot. Blackmailed, but also, you know the group wanting glory as well. This uh, particular fruit was supposedly the granter of immortal life, and that's what this blade wanted. He, like Rangar, wanted his name to be remembered through time, 
forever and ever and ever. As you went a questin, you eventually passed and found this sunken citadel uh, called the Immortal Halls. And as you went through there, you found that it was pretty much infested with kobolds and various other beasts of burden that dwell in the Underdark. Uh, and as you traveled through this area, you found the remains of previous adventurers that had tried their luck at finding the fruit, but had not done a good job of it. With the help of your owl familiar, you were able to scout forward and find that the garden that once remained in the immortal halls is now a sunken area that uh, held a very necrotic looking individual who turned around and saw you and basically raised his hand up to you and screamed in a high pitched voice at which time you guys decided to hightail it and get out of there. Killing my beautiful owling. <laughs> at the awesome. time. He bursted into an arcane uh, firework. After that, you made your way back up to the entrance of the sunken citadel where you went down a darker passageway and it led you to a catacomb-like room where you saw a sarcophagus that was half opened and this room was very eerie to you guys. There was scorch marks all around the walls which had uh, blank silhouettes of people that just seemed to be burned in place. Uh, The sarcophagus being opened, releasing a very heavy necrotic energy. Uh, On the actual tombstone itself, it said Delnak, the outcast. Uh, and above that, there was a tome or a book that you guys fiddled with. Investigated. In investigating this book, two of your party members, Mr. Gorgon Bort and Mr. Baron Barnabas, immediately found themselves vanished within the room. Yeah. Did we fiddle with it first? You did indeed fiddle with it first. Yeah. <laughs> you were, sense. in fact, the first to fiddle with it. <laughs> yeah. True to character. And then Rangar and also Morvan found themselves in this room. They never considered leaving you two, I'll tell you that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> We're in it for the long haul. Well, there's a book. I couldn't leave. It. That's purely for the book. It's not, <laughs> no, the, it's not I, for the javelin going digger. There was some hesitation on on uh, Morvan's behalf there. There was. Rangar was keen to jump in. He was immediately followed. Let's go down the rabbit hole. As soon as uh, Rangar said that, you saw Morvan just raise one eyebrow <laughs> in either protest or curiosity. We don't know. But. Three hours passed of deliberation in game time between Gorgonbort and Baron Barnabas's departure and both you and Rengar and Morvan both decided, yes, we will touch this book too. And you got sucked into its pages and that's the last we left off. We played for a while. So that's where we left off and we'll jump into today's adventure. We should be hearing some lovely music. Oh. We cut into a scene of a dark chamber. A chamber made of stone, a chamber in the middle of which you see an open and bleak looking sarcophagus, the writing scratched on the tombstone saying Delnak the Outcast. You look towards the walls and you can see black scorings as if a blast of fire or some sort of arcane eminence just emitted onto the walls, leaving the silhouettes of those that perished in the blast. You can see a pedestal or altar upon which you can see a heavy tome leather bound pages worn to age you can see it open to a particular page the writing of which is in a variety of languages this book having just glowed and emitted an energy causing four individuals within that room to vanish within its pages Rengar Morvan Gorgonbort and Baron Barnabas As we remain in this room, you watch as the light that once emanated from that book begins to fade slowly and the room becomes dark. The room's dark for an amount of time 
unknown as there's no one within the runes to keep it. You hear the scratchings throughout this rune as time continues to pass by until one day, a year or so later, within this room you see the shadow of an orange torchlight that seems to emanate down the hall and seems to approach. As it approaches, you can see three figures walking. Being cautious, one with a heavy bow drawn, the other holding a staff that seems to be feminine. As the light casts upon their faces as they enter this room and see this visage, you can see that one is an older grizzled man with a beard that goes down to about his chin. He's holding a heavy iron box on his back. The other one you can see has a mop of hair that seems to go uh, down past one side of his eyes. He's quite tall and slender. And you see that the old grizzled man says, Arden, we've found it. You then see Arden look towards this grizzled fellow and say, Yes, Carmen, it seems that we are correct. Siraj, you should do the honours and you watch as the woman with dark curly hair and dark skin moves forward with the, the staff and you watch as she sort of holds it over the area. You see this emanating book begin to glow once more and as it furiously glows, you watch as she levitates the book up, moves it towards Carmen, uh, the older man, and you watch as he's opening this iron box. You watch as the book is placed in the iron box and is suddenly closed. There's a moment of silence in the tomb. And then their torch goes out. They're left in darkness. You hear this heavy screech throughout the whole entire catacomb and you watch as the rocks begin to fall across the floor. You watch as they all begin running and there's a flash of green light. As they turn around, you can see the skeletal figure, hand outstretched of this this figure, this arcane wizard that just seems to be angry at the fact that they've taken this book. As he screeches, you watch his green eminence of light begin to flash and you watch his calm and the old man with the iron box just completely vanishes. Arden and Siraj look at each other and they begin to run. As they run, rocks falling in their wake, this green arcane explosions happening from the ground below. You watch as various pieces of the scenery begin to fall down and pieces of land underneath their feet also fall into green arcane light. They make a last ditch leap, climb the rope ladder and watch as this sunken citadel falls even further into the earth. Siraj and Arden lay on the grass. The dust and rubble flying off into the sky. They both hold each other in embrace from their lost companion. The book seemingly gone with him. Arden stands and helps Siraj to her feet. And as a moment of mourning passes... They have no choice but to make their way back home to Cadmia. Upon their journey, they discuss the fact that they will probably never give up trying to find Carmen, trying to communicate with him. How they will find various progressions in their life and in their professions to further this cause. Siraj, studying under staff mage at the time, vows to become the staff mage of Cadmia herself. Arden, a current member of the city guard in Cadmia vows to quit this post and recruit adventurers to the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild to find his lost friend. That was four years ago from the current campaign timeline. But we flash now to the four characters that star in this show. Gorgonbort and Baron Barnabas. As you touch that book, you see this flash of emanating white light 
you feel hot all over your body. And then it's almost like the floor is sucked out from underneath you, belly button first, you're pulled down towards the ground and you're weightless. You begin falling, spiraling. You feel and you feel the flicking of pages, almost that sound, that flicking sound is going through your ears and you watch this spiral begin to emanate into your vision of purples and blues and black. As you spiral, you become dizzy. You fall directly down into what feels like the coldest stone marble floorboard that you've ever felt and you just hit it hard. You look around and it's it's pretty dark. You don't know if you're alone. You don't know if there's anyone near you. You don't know where you are. But you know something magical just happened to you. Uh, At the moment, all you feel is stone marble underneath your... Yeah, can't see anything. It's dark. Yep. How hard did I hit, hit the ground? Like, am I... You weren't damaged sort of in any way. Okay, yep. But it's almost like belly flopping onto a pool. You just get that sting. Yeah, righto. I get up, I grab a weapon, I, I, I grab my hand axe and just kind of just prepare for something. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm in danger straight up. I don't know where I am, can't see anything. Um, a lot of torch with fear of uh, lighting the book that ran on fire. All right. So as you light that torch, you watch as the fire <coughs> begins to emanate in this space. You finally, Barnabas, after a moment in this darkness, see that you're not alone. You can see that Gorgonbord is with you and he's wielding this axe, holding it curious, like furiously, looking from left to right. And as that light emanates, you start to see a little bit more of the room. You're in a passageway. You can see that the passageway on the left and the right of you is stone and it seems to go further to the left and to the right of you. As you look towards the right and you hold your torch up even further, <coughs> Barnabas, you can see that to the right there seems to be what looks like a T intersection. And I'd like you both to roll perception checks, please. So as you guys are looking around confused in this space, you don't see anyone. You look towards the left and you can see a darkened passageway that leads into whatever you're not sure. To the right where you see the T intersection, you think you can hear something, but you can't place it. Always left? Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so t- to the right, we can hear stuff. Can um can can I put my like ears up against the walls? Is there is it room sort of thing? Even though this is a pathway, is it like a like is, is there like something a, on the opposite side? Yeah, uh, roll try and hear something. Yeah, roll a perception check. You feel the cold stone against your ear. You can't really hear anything on the other side of it. Yeah. As you look further down the wall, though, having gotten closer to it, this hallway is probably about ten feet wide. And as you look down the hallway towards the the left. You do see almost like an alcove, like a door might be on the left-hand side there. And as you look down further to the right, just before the T intersection, you can also see a door on the right-hand side. Well, maybe we can, we need to find out a little bit what's going on. Yeah, if, discover if, the source of the sound. Yeah, like if uh, sneakily, if we both went, don't, we'll be able to see each other, but uh, just kind of go until, like I look at the door, you look at the T, just <laughs> peek around. Yeah. something if we go to the tea though i've got the light i've got it i've got a torch here but i might i'm gonna stay dark i don't want to light myself up so i'll just stay without it all right and go peek around where this door is but as you begin having this conversation whilst whispering that sound still emanating in the background you start to hear it getting closer is it speaking sound or is it like a just a it's rhythmic almost like footsteps the the gate of somebody's yeah. step iron on stone We've got a torch on. They're going to see a lot. Yeah. Uh, have you got, can you see in the dark? No. No. All right. Well, let's, we need to know what that is. It's getting closer. It's getting it? closer. And at this moment, you both now see a torch that it is presumably holding as an orange glow begins to portray on the wall that it seems to be heading toward, like, down. Maybe we should head yeah, to, both go towards let's, the door. Let's hail it. 
Uh, hey, I'm, I'm happy to throw <laughs> to throw shit. So <laughs> now let's find out what it is. All right, cool, done. We will both walk <laughs> chest high, javelin ready, javelin ready, <laughs> and I get really confident and yell, "Who goes there?" All right, as you yell, "Who goes there?" You watch as the gate stops. You see the torchlight begin to burn brighter and brighter from an unknown source, but that orange glow seems to emanate across the T intersection and it hits your torchlight. You guys being about thirty feet away from that intersection. You can see the shadow cast upon its wall and you can see a heavily armoured figure. Just from its shadow, you can see that it's got the aspire of a headpiece that seems to be sitting on top of its uh, crown. And you can see what looks like a large sword-like weapon in its other hand, jagged and pointed. Look like something we've, uh, we've fought and supposedly killed before. Roll a history check. Oh, God. I botched it. <laughs> I'll roll as well. 18. So at an 18, you don't recall this being anything that you sort of ever fought before. The sword is very distinct to you. You watch then, as you look at that sword, you can see the jagged edges of it almost serrated. Yeah. It looks pretty menacing. Even what it, it yeah. shadow? Yeah. You look towards Gorgonbord and... Even though you have no dark vision, you can see like a tongue poking to one side of his mouth, looking up, trying to remember, but just can't. It suddenly stopped as Gorgon Bort yelled. What's your name? <laughs> it begins to walk closer. And as it does and begins to round the corner, you do see with its own torchlight illuminating it. You can see flames burning in its eyes. And you can also see as it looks towards you, points its serrated sword directly at you and says, Stop. Are we allowed to swear? <laughs> you can swear. Fuck that. <laughs> um, it's heavy chain footsteps begin to continue towards to you. You now look towards its feet and you can see one of it is manacled and chained. It seems it's been broken. It begins to eventually and slowly move towards you. You can feel the heat coming from its torch. Hold what your ground. You? Stop. We roll, yell back at it. Roll a persuasion check or actually intimidation check. It Yours. continues forward. I... <laughs> ready a javelin and just throw it straight up roll an attack all right you watch as it throw like the javelin throws through the air a true shot mm -hmm. the best throw that you've ever done with these javelins <laughs> with a 15 noise. and you can see that it is piercing <laughs> through the air spinning in just the right way and as it's just about to pierce the middle of his chest plate you watch as he pulls a gauntleted hand over and catches it and throws it to the floor this guy's good Okay, so as you say that, he, he charges into a run. All right. How far away? We're 30 feet away. Yep. He's gaining on you. And he's starting to gain. How's your acrobatics? What, you want to jump him? <laughs> <laughs> Going to park ore off the wall. I feel like this is a Chieftain's Fury sort of fight. As he gets towards you, you watch as he hits. So Barnabas does a 17 hit your AC. It does. He swings his mighty serrated sword your way yelling stop at you. 11 points of slashing damage from the initial and you then feel a eminence of fire burn through this wound that cuts directly across your chest and you Gorgonbort watch as flame seems to emanate from within the wound that Barnabas has suffered and as it flares you take five points of fire damage as it stands there ready and waiting it holds its sword up towards you what would you like to do I would like to grab out my chieftain's fury can you describe what chieftain's fury looks like for everybody who doesn't know chieftain's fury looks like and it's sick. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, well, there you go. It's, it's like a big old war hammer that's on, like, the tip of it looks like it's molten 
rock, I guess, similar to the uh, Halo Warhammer. It's heavy, it's big, it's like twice the length of me. Big. Kicks okay. ass. Yep. All right, what would you like to do with it? Uh, I would like to, holding it, try and just step, not go straight on, just step a little bit to the to left shore and just whack straight in. Uh, I want to use the Earth Shadow one. Yeah. You about, hit the ground uh, in front of it? Before I hit the ground, I want to say, what's your name? Not giving him a chance to speak and just bang. Doesn't matter. Natural 20. Sick. I rolled a one and DMs <laughs> rolled a 20. <laughs> as you hit the ground, you watch as the molten lava spreads out through this rock, hits his feet and seems to have no effect. And at this point, you seem to you start to get worried. You watch as that molten energy seems to get closer to him. The armor that he's wearing heats up orange like it's in a forge. And you watch as he looks towards you, eyes begin to burn even more and you hear this growl. Just... <clears throat> Who are you? Why are you here? As you say that, exhausted after hitting your warhammer onto the floor through bated breath, you watch as he looks towards you, and then as he goes to strike you again, uh, Gorgon Bort, he'll go for the swing, and as he does that, does the 17 hit Tracy? Oh, yeah, does just. So he swings towards you, you take eight points of slashing damage, and then once again the fire burns through your body, uh, you take five points of fire damage as well, leaving a hefty wound on both of you now. And as he does that, you look up towards him and you just smell this brimstone and smoke as it seems he's burning up from the bottom and disappearing in front of you, <laughs> leaving rubble and smoke at the floor. Oh, as he disappears, you hear this. <gasps> like to celebrate this victory. And don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> that um, plugin thing that you just did, is that meant to be a uh, like like a word? Can I um, decipher a word out of, out of what he just did? Yeah, roll an intelligence check. I hope these get better too. <laughs> um, well. It doesn't seem to be a word or any type of language that you would know. You both just seem to be completely perplexed at the situation that has just gone by. What you do know is that that sound that it made didn't appear to be the reaction made by somebody who voluntarily left. There's a door. Want to go check out that door? Away from or, or actually, or towards the intersection. Now, now that it stopped, I've started to realise um, where is the stealthy one and the book nerd? I don't know where they are. They're not with us yet. They're not with or us. At all. How long has it been? Like, do we know how long it's been? Like, we've just you, got there. Yeah, just the passage of time. Roll intelligence checks, both of you. Barnabas, it could be anywhere between zero minutes and an hour. Yeah. But Gorgonbot, you've been ticking over the seconds. <laughs> just wanting to be around your fellow companions again, missing them every moment they're gone. It's probably only been about 15 or so minutes. Which which is right within the bounds of zero minutes and an hour. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we've got to check something else out. Old mate just, just vanished. It was... There was no like direction sort of thing. It was just yeah. all that's gone. left on the floor just seems to be a pile of ash and rubble. Yeah. Um, Looks like you're attacking. Ash going. and rubble. Can I go look at the rubble? Well, there's rubble doing anything? Yeah. yeah. Roll an investigation check. You go to sift through it, getting the 10 that you got. And as you do, as you, <laughs> as you go to touch it and you go really, really close to it, the heat coming off of it tells even you not to approach anymore. You're like, oh, hot. It's like waving your hand over a stove. Oh, hot. What do you reckon, old friend? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let's let's go to the door away from. Let's go to the left. Yeah, from where we were initially. Away were. from where we just came. Yeah, wherever he was. Check out that. I probably don't want to be my. <clears throat> this wound on me is uh still rather hot, sweating down here, sweating. Yep, yep. I don't know where he went either. As you have this conversation, walking down towards the left, you align yourself with the door that you had previously seen Gorgonbort, and as you look towards it, it is a heavy wood. 
uh, and you can see a humming blue arcane glow coming from underneath it. The gentle blue arcane glow. Blue means go. Better than that red that his eyes were, uh, so. I, <laughs> I walk up to the door and knock on it. As you knock on it, you watch as it. It opens by itself. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, Immediately, you can see this room is is pretty decently illuminated by this blue arcane sphere that seems to be to the right. And towards the back of it, you can see what looks like a large sort of podium with steps attached. Um, Inside the blue sphere, there is like a shadow that leaves you curious. Inside the blue sphere. Mm -hmm. It's a blue... Shining sphere. Yep, and, and you can shadow. see it's almost like it's it's swirling arcanely in its place and you can see some instances of like static electricity moving across it every here and there. What's the uh, what's the size of the room? Okay, so from where you are, towards the back of the room is about 90 feet and approximately 130 feet across. Mm. Is it is it uh, it's just a square room? Is it like a round? It looks like toward, as you're like looking. library Sort of thing. Uh, towards the left and to the right, there's two little alcoves and then it goes up into, like, it would be a completely rectangle room. Like a chapel. Sort of thing. It looks kind of like a chapel and then you'd see the left <laughs> and the right little alcoves to the left and the right. Okay. I'm good at touching shit, just straight up. Last time that didn't work out so well for us. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> you step through the door? Uh, Yeah. All right. Step through and... We don't know that outside's any safer. That's where we were attacked last time, so... Exactly. As you step through the door, you watch as the door closes behind you. Immediately as it does, you see this arcane sheen, almost like a horizontal line, like a laser, just moves directly under the bottom of the door, moves its way upwards, and as it does, you, you just see a plain stone wall in its place. As that happens, you hear the sliding of stone. You look around the room to where it's coming from and you can see five different openings emanating from the roof. And as it opens, it's almost like the face of an older man's mouth begin, beginning to open that seems to be edificed in the stone. Mm. And from there, as you look at it, you hear the unmistakable sound of a rushing river. Do I see the unmistakable sound of a rushing river? <laughs> you then see the unmistakable sight of a rushing river <laughs> coming out each of the mouths, just beginning to fill this room up. And you can see that the room is quite big. The room is big. So. And as it's emanating from the roof, it slowly <laughs> begins to fill up the entire room. And you look towards your feet and you're beginning to stand in like a, a centimetre big puddle at this moment. It's coming in quick for... A- I'm worried about this orb as well. Um, as you look at the orb, you can see what looks like... Uh, a shadow that sits within it. Haggard's just swimming. Not very good with this, these weapons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we see drains in the floor or is this going to just fill up? Roll an investigation check. <clears throat> um, no drains. I'm looking no drains. for anything above that I can climb to get to, just to get higher to start with, and then maybe like a um, anything that could possibly go to the outer yeah. world yeah. that's not this... Windows, doors, anything else. So you see no way out. As you look at this room, the walls seem to be completely stone. You do see some purple light sort of emanating towards the back that seem to be coming in from the left and the right. But the main source of light is this blue orb Mm. that is just Uh, swirling slowly in the middle of the room. Starting not to like this blue orb. Uh, I associate blue with water and I'm having a water issue at the moment. Well, can we walk up closer? Is it the shadow that we can see? Is that... uh, it's difficult to make out from this distance. Yeah. So if we walk up close, I'll, let's just get a little bit closer and see if we can see what that shape of the shadow is. Mm-hmm. With weapons drawn, you begin moving towards this orb. Yep. 
And as you do, your feet splashing in the water that is still slowly rising. As you get towards the orb, I'd like you both to roll perception checks, please. Yeah. All right, so Barnabas, you can definitely see the outline of a human, some sort of humanoid. However, Gorgonbord, as you peer through the, the blue, you watch as the arcane light seems to part in just such a way that you can see exactly what's inside. You can see what looks like a man, calm expression on his face. You can see long black hair that seems to flow down to the middle of his back. On his person, you can see these black dark robes that appear to... Uh, fall across one shoulder and then appear to fall low down into what looks like Mage's boots. You can see that he is, one of his arms is rested by his side and the other one is um, sort of clutching his shoulder. But the one clutching his shoulder you notice is gold and metallic, almost like it's a prosthetic. You just see that his eye, eyes are closed as he's rotating around, as the orb rotates around. You also see with your natural 20, that underneath the orb, you can see what looks like a bar of this bronze inscription and you can see three symbols across it. You can see a symbol that looks like a bird, a symbol that looks like a sphere that seems to be like a swirl. And then you can see a symbol that looks like um, a triangle with a line under it. As you clock that, you hear and see this flashing eminence of, of white light and it blinds you for a moment. The water's still rushing in. That doesn't escape your senses. But then you hear two more splashes. And we cut to Morvan and Ranga. Morvan and Ranga, you're pondering your situation outside of this book in this catacomb. You eventually make the decision to touch it, to dive in. And as you do, you both begin to feel that spiral, that pulling. You see that arcane energy flash past your faces. And then you feel a smack, a sudden impact after weightlessness. And then you're all wet. As you stand up and your vision comes to, Morvan, you probably see it first. The feet of Gorgonport and Baron Barnabas. Rengar, you a little more fuzzy due to your condition. <laughs> but you still see. And then you hear water beginning to rush in. What would you guys like to do? Hey, guys. <laughs> so, what? Where? What's happening? Where are we? Um, Why am I me? wet? <coughs> no need to panic, guys, but we're uh, in a room full of water. <laughs> uh, no, well, if you say no need to panic, so how you been? Didn't What's going on? <laughs> Maybe a little bit more panic than that. What's going on? You see the curious orb in front of you now, Morvin, and as you that, stand ooh, as well, Rengar. That looks interesting. Uh, can I, ignoring all the water because I'm told not to panic, that looks somewhat arcane-ish. Could I uh, have an arcane check on that? You sure can. Uh, I'm a bit... Bit fuzzy, as you said. Mm. I can see the boys. I can see water. You I'm haven't seen them for so. about three hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you. I'm more assessing the situation yeah. first because um, that's the way I would be I'm, thinking. I'm ready to attack at the wall. By the way, just ready. <laughs> you you slowly pull out your glaive. <laughs> yeah, just like you're telescoping it out from your back. Um, Morvan, you move up to it and just extend your arcane knowledge out towards it. What did you roll? Um, the water filling my boots is a bit. Mm, it's magical, guys. And the person inside it probably magical too, because you do clock the person. Was the person just inside it um, spinning like a medallion sort of thing, mm. or is it an actual person? It it looks like an actual person, okay. but their eyes are closed. There, it looks almost like this person's asleep or in stasis. And does it look like he is creating this? Like it's like it's 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 his aura sort of thing. Like it's his uh, he's creating the orb, or he's stuck in the thing. You're not sure. You mm. can. Yeah, I was. You there. could guess yeah. either of those two things. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I hypothesize that 
if we get him out of the orb, <clears throat> he's going to have to help us because the golden arm isn't going to be very, isn't going to make it swimming very easy. So and then he's he'll... going to worry about drowning as well. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So am I aware of any of these sigils at the bottom of this orb? Or? Spiral, a triangle with a line underneath it. Yeah, all on a bronze. The first one. And a bird. Bird. Bird, spiral, triangle. So if I look around, is there any of those sigils on a wall or... Roll of perception check. Morven's so. eyes glow and he sees through space and time with a nat 20. Very nice. Oh, and I also do well with a natural 18. All right, so we got the high rollers back. That's, that's good. <laughs> it's the elf yep. thing. <laughs> All right, so Morven and Rango, as you completely assess this situation, uh, you'll have a minus one though, Rango. I do actually, yes, yeah. you are correct. But even so, you clock the the room and you you basically gather the shape of the room. You can see the blue orb. You can see the fella inside of it. You can see the five faces of this older man that seems to be uh, made out of stone that's flooding water into the room. You can see as well towards one of the alcoves on the right-hand side, you also see this small golden sphere that seems to have metallic golden loops uh, that seem to be just moving around it in an arcane way. It seems to be set on top of a small pedestal. You wouldn't have clocked it more than except as the water's rising, you're sort of looking around your feet. And then as you look towards the right off in the distance, something <laughs> just caught your eye. It just seem, it seems like a mechanical device. Uh, sorry, mechanical or arcane? It, it's emanating like a magical aura, like a glow, but it looks mechanical. Can I go over and either investigate or arcane or yep. guys, what's this? Uh, did you guys see this mechanical orb spinning mm. around? Did not. Should take it. At this point, you watch as the water is about at your waist level. All right. Sure. As you move over, it's investigation. All right. So the water swishing your robe around you as you walk, you get towards it and you see this probably like a tennis ball size, but there seems to be rings of metal that seem to be coalescing around one another with a central like arcane sphere inside of it. And as you look towards that sphere, you can see that the rings that are slowly spinning have symbols on them, all different ones. You do clock with that investigation roll that one of them is a bird, one of them is a triangle, and one of them is a spiral. Rengar, with your investigation check, you look around the room and can see, looking at the water that's flooding in, you can see some of it looks like natural water, but some of it's got like a sheen of black to it. And then you start to think about what's just transpired. I want to say, how long is it that you guys haven't seen us for? I'd say between zero minutes and an hour. <laughs> um, at this stage, uh, probably about 17 minutes. Okay. Because <laughs> for us, it feels like three hours, at least. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, we didn't so tell you as well. We ran into someone before that was rather menacing. Can uh, I get a description on that? It was a, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run you through it, lad. Did you say <laughs> a traveler? Uh, I did. You missed it. Um, he caught it. No, it was a perfect throw. All right. Uh, he yeah. caught it. He had. You don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> he had. Rolling inside. <laughs> he had fire, fire coming out of his eyes. Um, he hit us uh, pretty good. And um, I don't know if we. Do we still feel it? We. You can both see the slash marks across their armor. We are rather warm. Have you tried these splashing slash water marks? in those? Yeah. He told us to stop and we didn't. <laughs> uh, I see. Look, you guys were looting. Um, splash water, no. yeah. Splash water, Ranga. Brilliant idea. Splash, splash some water. Yeah. In there, have your you hot water. have you tried to? And do that? Yeah. I my, submerge my wound in the water. As you submerge the wound in the water, it's probably up to the middle of your belly at the moment. And as you take that dip and you go back, back up, it's you. You watch as a bit of steam sort of emanates up, but still hurts. You know, mm, still hurts, guys. Yeah. That <laughs> he, looks hot. 
Um, interesting. He ended up just disappearing when I asked what his name was. Disappeared. He just. That is interesting. I maintain that he ran away. <laughs> <laughs> he might uh, not like the water. Did anyone get a hit in? Let the record show. Um, yeah, yeah. You did. The ground was shattered. I didn't mm. hit him. I think oh. the ground splash damage got him. And that's what he ran away. Okay. From what they've told, would I be able to do a oh, bit I, of an idea if I've seen this? Roll a history check. And we also tell you what his weapon looked like yeah. and whatnot. Very big bar- barbed blade. Yep. Uh, with your soldier background as well, this armor is well out of date. Nobody's used blades like that for years. Looked like he escaped from something. He had a. Uh, he was dragging a chain from his mm. from wow. his ankle. So a guardian of sorts. Uh, I might say a prisoner. I don't know. You chain prisoner. up your guardian. Yeah, either or. That works. I'm actually circling back to the thought that it felt like hours when we were away from you, but mere minutes. <laughs> uh, good to know who our friends are. <laughs> uh, With that sort, I might grab... Uh, I was going to say, do you this, know anything about the fire thing, the fire rise? Yeah. Um, as I'm close to drowning, I think mm. I might uh, go back <laughs> to this orb and we can discuss <clears throat> flaming outdated fashion later. Well, if it's up to my belly button, it must be up to his shoulders. <laughs> my shoulders. Yeah, oh, I'm looking to grapple um, for some high ground too. I've yep. got a grapple and rope. So, okay. if I can... so you ready that? Yeah. Yep. I'm ready. Uh, this orb, is it that you're spinning orb? Um, is it like grabbable? Am I... Gorgon Ball, can you grab something for me? <laughs> yeah, what do you want? This orb, no, I'm done. This orb spinning around. Can you just like stick your finger in between the uh, spinning I, spirals? Maybe just like try to knock it off? I, Maybe perhaps use a weapon? I gladly go and get it and just oh, kick could... it, grab it, hands. <laughs> like picking it. an apple from a tree. Yeah. As if I was touching the book again. Meanwhile, Morvin's... <laughs> Mage hand is sort of there scratching the back of his head. Ringo's eyes are just one eyebrow's raised, like, oh, this will be great. Um, yeah, you pick it up. All right, magic motherfucker. <laughs> uh, you don't feel anything, it's so still spinning in your grasp. Can I? Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna grab this because I can see the same symbols now. Uh, I'm just gonna slowly walk towards this uh blue wade arc- towards arcane maybe, thing, yeah, wade towards <laughs> and just kind of hold it out as if I'm holding a cross to a werewolf yeah. sort of thing. All right, as you slowly begin walking through the water, one foot after the other, it gets the water gets up to about your neck and you see this orb that seems to be displacing the water around it. You watch as Gorgonbort heroically puts out this key in front of him, holding it in an arcane way. And as he thrusts it forward, nothing happens. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. said three, three symbols, though, really? There are those? many on it, but... But we see three. Morvan noticed the right, three yeah, identical uh, symbols. So could we probably try just a few arrangements of those three with the mm. ring? Oh, well, hang on. The, yeah, like can you stop them in a certain order? As you touch one of the rings and try to spin it, it clicks. Oh, sick. All right. You want to do this? I've got I'll yeah, it yeah. worse. Oh, here, I'll give exactly. this to you. Chuck it to me. You can sort this out. Roll an intelligence check for me, Morvan. Mm-hmm. You've got three seconds and I'm going to start spinning at this thing. Throw me the orb. It's like... I look at the orb and like suddenly my eyes are just glazing. I was like, far out. Yeah, whatever. Mechanically, how would this work? I want to catch that, throw a grapple and get up high so I can start feeling. You can do all of that because we're not in combat. Awesome. So that's what I want. So you catch it, you throw your grappling hook up. Uh, You'll need to roll, uh, let's say an attack with an improvised weapon for that one. So it'll be your proficiency plus your dexterity. Okay, so as you throw it up, it hits part of the rafter above you into the stone and you pull on it and it seems to be quite sturdily held there. And it's at that moment, all of you except for Barnabas begin to lose your footing with the water raising sort of above your level. I'll take my first swing. Roll an attack. 
All right, your glaive hits, makes connection, roll damage. That would be 10. As it rolls, uh, as it damages, you watch as the glaive sort of begins to electrify this this blue arcane color. Roll a dexterity save for me. Uh, it goes to push you directly away from it in the direction towards the nearest wall. And as it does, the water stops you from hitting the wall just before you would have. It, it's almost like it bounced straight off. What are you doing with the orb? Yeah, I want to know. I, I just say symbol order. What it, what's this, um, the order? The, the order today? is bird, spiral, triangle. Done. So I'm going to try and mechanically flick these symbols to emanate what he's told me. So no check required. You're able to twist that. It All three rings sort of tick around. And you can see a lot of the other rings are sort of spinning in place, but you get these three in particular and line them up perfectly. And as you do, holding onto the rope, the rest of you sort of floating, Barnabas, you start to lose your footing as well. You watch as from the top down, almost like a melting ice cream or a Ferrero Rocher under hot chocolate, <laughs> you watch as this orb just begins to peel back around this individual. You hear this humming of arcane energy, this and then the water begins to cascade through and you watch as the guy inside just slowly starts to wake up. And he looks towards you and looks down. Where am I? What's going on? Why am I wet? We were hoping you could tell us the same thing. Thought you were doing this to us. So can you swim? Quick, questions later. We have to stop this water. Hurry. And you watch as he begins swimming towards the uh, faces that seem to be opening the, the water channels. Mm -hmm. As it begins to rise even faster now, uh, you guys watch as well as it's probably about 10 to 15 feet off the roof. And as it does, uh, I'd like you all to roll perception checks for me, please. All right, so Rengar, Gorgonbort, Barnabas, as you're peering through the water, just trying to keep your footing as best you can, that blue arcane orb in its final moments of lighting up this room, now you have very low light. Uh, you do still see these purple eminences of light coming in from the left and the right side on the top. You see a shadow pass underneath you, Rengar, as you're holding onto this rope, Gorgonbort, and Barnabas, you see this formless spiral, almost like ink beginning to swirl in the water and make a movement over towards Morven. Uh, as it does so, you watch as this almost tentacle-like projection just comes towards Morven, does a 12 hit you, Morven. No. Okay, so you feel this wrapping around your uh, leg and as it begins to tighten and pull, it pulls you down below the surface for but a minute, but then you sort of kick it off and it goes away. Uh, it's at that moment that both of you look under the water at this thing and through the dark spirally inkiness of it, you can see what look like eyes just moving through it and then a sharp juddering of, of what looks like a mouth. And as you put your head under the water, <coughs> you see that it has about a thousand mouths and a thousand eyes on it. Oh, oh man, we've dealt with many tentacle things before. Yeah, I'm not a fan is of it, tangling it's, with this thing. It's, it's not the same as that other thing we found in a swamp that time. No, they were snakes. That, that was right. a regular garden variety snake. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, two eyes. Multiple, <laughs> multiple mouths, like one pale or left tentacle. It is like a, a massless object of ink just sort of floating in this area. It's got eyes and mouths that seem to be floating around it as well. And then as you submerge your head to look at it, you just hear this. Like these mouths are just chatting. Mm. And as mm. it does, it sort of... It, it confuses you for a moment. You have to put your head back up on the, over the water. Um, at that, you guys watch as this mysterious individual begins swimming his way and he swims for about two strokes. And then as he stops swimming, he watches his hands flick in this arcane manner and he just almost like <sighs> surfs and glides up above the surface of the water with what there's like 10 feet to go. But as he begins moving towards there, he shouts back at you and he says, there's something in here. You stop that. I'll take care of these. 
and then Morvan for the first time and Rengar, knowing that this shadow is here, you sort of realize that you guys might be in a bit of trouble. So is there any available high ground anymore or are we like completely just- You're completely submerged in water. And as the um, the water begins to rise, you all take your last breath and you're now all completely submerged in this water and I'd like you all to roll initiative. All right, so what you guys are currently looking at is you see this black inky mass just swirling around in the water as it's uh, permeating through and pouring down from these open mouths of these stone edifices. You look to see in the direction of those and you can see this new character. Uh, it's it's black long hair just seems to go down halfway bit towards its back, but it's now underwater as well. Uh, and it seems to be working on these devices to try and, he said, get rid of the water or, or work on this while you work on on the thing that you're looking at. As you all look towards it, you can see that this black inky mass has thousands of eyes that just seem to circulate through it. And as they look towards you, you get this uneasy sense in your belly and you all now under the water and submerged start to hear this just like this chattering um, that's occurring and it's it's putting you guys off something fierce. Um, top of the initiative round, we have Rengar. What would you like to do, Rengar? So... I was up high, so I've just drifted up above the structure I was on. Can I pinpoint anything in the mass that looks like it might be a vulnerability slash weakness or anything like that? Uh, roll a investigation check. Sure. Seven, mm. as you look at it, you know that if if you poke something in the eye, it hurts. Mm. Other than that, that's the only thing you can gather oh, from it. But this is completely alien to you. You've never seen anything yeah. like this before. Yep. Cool. What I am going to do is... Uh, my cantrip, um, which is ray of frost, <clears throat> and I'm gonna just um, hit the nearest point that I can see in this mass and um, try and stop it. <laughs> is ray of frost like a very direct sort of thing? It's a it, beam. It's a beam. So like beam it doesn't like it doesn't freeze out the water a little bit. Where we will see. Sick. <laughs> oh, that's not. So roll your attack, please, Randy. That would only be a. Seven misses. So you watch as you cast your ray of frost. You watch as it begins to freeze the water around it. But being unfamiliar with casting under the water, you watch as it just falls short. Um, inexperience getting the better of you here. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn? Yes, I'm going to take my bonus action. And I am going to just probably just get to uh, the there's a side wall on a corner um, for those that can't see. Yeah, so I'm just going to like etch behind the corner there and yep. just sort of try and yep. get No worries. And and side. would you like to hide as part of your cunning action? I believe I can do that. So yeah, yep. so, so roll your stealth for me, please. Sure. You'll love this. Very nice. Okay, so I'll take a note of that. 21. You watch as Rengar ducks behind the corner, having just shot a ray of frost. Uh, does that complete your turn? That will complete my turn. Very good. All right. Brings us to Baron Barnabas. So I've been pushed back against the wall from the previous attack on the orb. <clears throat> I'm going to use that to my advantage and... Push off it with my uh, my feet and dive towards this thing. Glaive extended. Very good. Almost like a uh, a raging narwhal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. As a fighter, that's all I know how to do is swing a glaive. Very good. But you do it well. You do it well. Roll your attack, please. Twenty hits. Roll your damage. Did we get a disadvantage on attack? Not merely. It's a ten. Plus four, 14 damage. 10 damage, very good. So what does it look like as your attack makes purchase on this inky mass and of so, mouths and eyes? So I've just speared straight down using the leverage of my... So it's just a straight straight into him. A couple of eyes get pierced and a little bit of black ink pierces out of this wound. I then swing my blade back the other way as I've got a uh, a bonus attack and use the blunt side of my 
for a D4. Very so. good. As you float through the water, you make your first attack. Uh, and you actually, because you've pushed yourself off of something, your momentum will continue. So you will move an additional 10 feet in the direction you were traveling. Yep. And as you've traveled back past this creature, you hit it with the backside before you continue floating off. So roll your attack for that one. 12 hits. Roll your damage. Three points of damage. Very good. The and first, sorry, the first damage was uh, plus four damage. So it was 14. Okay, yep. I'm next to him, and I'm going to use a feeling bit injured, so I want to get this fight done quickly. I'm going to use my action surge. Okay. And attack again. Go for it. So, yeah, you, you whirl around in the water, and you guys seeing Barnabas weightless and, like, swimming in a pool, it, it's like watching a penguin dive into water. He's in his element. What'd you get, Barnabas? <laughs> I got a 19. 19 is a hit. So I've landed on the floor now, and I'm <coughs> ready my glaive, and I'm swinging back up in a swing towards him. Very nice. Roll your damage. Nine plus four, so 13. But as you come to a stop in part of your momentum, you've definitely done some damage to this thing and you guys all begin to hear this and it starts to get more feverish as it does so, uh, which brings us to its turn. Uh, on its turn, I would like anybody that's within 20 feet of it to make a wisdom saving throw, please. 20 feet being four squares. So you all begin to hear this and you watch as the mouths begin to chatter and chatter even more violently. Barnabas? A seven. One. 18. You hear this chattering more than, and as you hear it, you just sort of, you, you're used to people sort of trying to probe your mind before. So you sort of push it out as best you can using your arcane knowledge. However, Barnabas and Gorgonbord, you guys begin to hear this noise and it just starts to drive you really, really insane with this, with uh, sickness. I need you both to roll a D8 for me. Eight. Four. Okay. So. I hope eight's good. You are completely uh, stunned by this, this mouthing that seems to just, emanate through your entire person. It's like a vibration that moves straight through you and you just hit your mind confused. After hitting it so much, it's almost like a direct blast directly towards you. You, Gorgonbord, begin to see things around you and you, everything's a threat. Everything is a threat. So you need to attack everything that's around you, starting with the closest thing, no matter what it is. You are just, you're in danger right now. You're in survival mode. I picture Trevor from GTA 5. <laughs> <laughs> That will be its turn, and that brings it to you, Gorgonbord. You're filled with this this uh, energy of just attack. You, you're hitting this survival fight or flight. Well, I was going to is wrapping a rope around my javelin. The uh, is that an action? A bonus action? Can I? Just I would say it's an action because some rogues, as like a thief, have a bonus action that they can actually tie things up with. <laughs> yes, bonus action. So, all right. Well, I'm just happy to lose a javelin then. I was going to grab a javelin and throw it. Well, now whatever the closest thing is that's now a threat. Yep. So, which is actually, uh, it's Barnabas. That's Barnabas. <laughs> That's Barnabas. So you go to throw it at this swirling mass, but you can see this absolute rage machine just yeah. hitting it with this this glaive, just going to sick. And you think to yourself, if that thing turns around and hits me, I'm dead. So you line up your javelin as best you can. God, it's an 18. He strikes well when he's hitting his own boys. Oh, you're a dog. 18 plus four for your javelin strike. That Does that hit your AC, Barnabas? That does. All right, roll your damage. Roll your damage for the javelin. 1d6, two The javelin strikes again. Oh, no. It's a six plus a two. That's max damage. Wow. That's max damage. For eight points of damage, you fighting the fight of your life, Barnabas, are in the moment. And as you do reel back for a strike on the javelin, you feel this searing pain in your shoulder blades. Oh! You look around and you can see this stream of blood just moving through the water and you can see Barnabas looking at you. I shouldn't have got between Gorgon board and the enemy with a, you know, with a javelin in hand. 
It was a rookie mistake. You come to that realization having no animosity towards your alloy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that brings us to Morvan's go. If, can if can you, I rage on a bonus action? You absolutely can. Yeah, as he looks around to you, rage. you see that this javelin didn't do as much damage as you'd hoped it did. <laughs> you're, like, you're filling with pride. You see this smile and then he turns around and looks towards you and then looks back towards the creature and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> as you rage and um, you emanate this energy, what does it look like as you, as you begin to rage? <laughs> it looks like a, a person flailing in the water as there's <laughs> energy kind of mm, these barbarians they're red. grabbing his fists and fucking shaking him up and down it's like let's go <laughs> alright so Derek as can. that happens the rage begins to emanate and we got Morvan up next Morvan's thinking uh, I'm drowning I do not have much time so I'm just gonna try and go all out on this thing while trying to get as far away as possible pretty well as far back to a wall uh, 15 feet alright as you move back it will get an attack of opportunity on you was he in range was, was he in range how, what's the range of this? 10 feet. So you watch as one of these black inky tentacles begin to move towards you as you start to pull away. Uh, roll the natural 17 for an attack of 19. Yeah. That yep. So you will take, you take eight points of piercing damage as you watch this tentacle wrap around you, but this mouth begins to slide from the main mass and move down the tentacle and hit you directly onto the leg. And you watch as it latches into you at sharp teeth, piercing your skin. Blood begins to pierce through the water and you see this red fog cloud move around Morvan in his own blood. Uh, you need to make a strength saving throw for me, please. Uh, four. Okay, it attempts to pull you in as it's grappled you and you can't move beyond the 10 feet that it's holding you. As a bon- If I use Misty Step as a bonus action, does that break? That script? will break it, yep. Right. So you start to feel nice, you start to feel uh, this wrapping around you and this biting into your leg and you start to feel like the elements of your leg starting to almost like disintegrate and become mm. part of it, like acid eating through something and you're like, fuck that. Mm. So what do you do? I misty step and try to go, well, against the wall out of his yep. range. I think misty step is another 30 feet. Yeah, you get an additional 30 feet on your movement. Uh, so, so you can be anywhere within 30 feet from where you would, were grappled by the creature. Go back further. Am I still grappled though? You are no. Yeah, yeah. No. So can I go like, proper yeah. another five? Yeah, even further away. Thirty feet, so forty feet away from this creature. I am somewhat frustrated. I'm gonna go second level chromatic no, uh, nine plus seven. Does a sixteen? Hit. Yes, it does. Twenty five damage. Twenty five points and of that's damage. Force damage. Sorry. What is force that? Force, force damage. What does your misty step and then your chromatic orb look like? So I see my vision is starting to fill with red. In my mind, it's rage, but it's really just my blood. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. I sort of disappear in a bit of a fog and reappear thirty feet away. And as my vision clears, I realize no, I am really pissed off. And I'm just going to go pure force, a little orb in my hand. I'll extend it and just shoot it straight at this creature. Very nice. All right. After Morvan attacks, you can see this creature just reeling in pain, the force seeming to rip it apart from the inside. You see parts of its inky mass just pulling off almost like rubber inside this vacuum of space. It just starts to flick off in all different directions. And you guys see like a piece of mouth move away from you and an eyeball move past you. That brings us to the top of the round. You guys look and see... Uh, your new ally as he's moving across you watch as he casts this spell and protrudes his hand from left to the right in like a swaying motion you can see all of the uh, edifices of stone of the old man just begin to crumble and break and you watch as they cave in on themselves and you watch then as well as the um, he looks around to all of you guys and he will notice that you guys are fighting this thing off and as he looks towards you as well 
he so he takes something in in note, and as he does that at the top of the round, you guys who have a plus one on Constitution modifier, you will begin to suffer drowning at this at the end of this round. So yeah, he he probably sees Morvan beginning to sort of cast that chromatic orb, and he sees this vent of bubbles come up from his uh, mouth, and you just begin to look a little bit more lethargic than you did uh, before. Uh, that brings us to Rangar's turn. Sweet. Um, so upon seeing what I've just seen through the water and some boss action from Morvan and a javelin going flying into a shoulder of our own kind, I'm uh, a little bit confused, but <laughs> I'm going to, given that I am hidden, I am uh, going to be able to get my sneak attack. Yep. So I'm well within range. You're that. well within range on your number. Um, and I'm going to just like peer out, take a shot. At, Go I for guess. it. Uh, roll your attack on the creature. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, guys, that's what nothing. a dud. So, picking out of the, the corner, you move your way to the side and you release your arrow and it just slowly fades off into the distance, almost like an Olympic diver that hits the water. It just curves off, um, missing the target. And it's also harder to hit now because it's flailing and writhing and it's just almost like a, a sound cloud wave just moving in this mass. I haven't done this very uh, often, guys. So Does the arrow go through, through the mass old. and then hit... <laughs> You do feel through the water, so you never know. Unable to hear anybody through this water, you do feel this um, this apologetic eminence coming from Rangar. <laughs> I mouth, I mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> the bubbles coming. Um, yeah. So, and again, I'm just gonna use my bonus action to hide. Yep. Roll your stealth again. Stealth again. It's more feverish. All its eyes seem to be looking around even more so now. But you duck back behind the corner. Barnabas, you're up. Javelin sticking out of your shoulder blade. That's where the javelin's meant to be. Uh, any of these parts <laughs> escaping, do I get an opportunity to attack on any of those little mouths and, and eyes fleeing the main? No, that, I just said that for effect to say that it's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I circle to the right to back up his, to make me no longer the closest enemy to uh to my dear friend. Gorgon Bort, yeah. Ready my pressy glaive and strike. That is a 17. <clears throat> 17 hits. Uh, 10 damage. And then I, my bonus action, swing with the blunt sword. Go for it. And it's not very good. Nine. That hits. Well, this thing's very easy to hit. It's a big mass in the water. One damage. Very good. So as you begin moving around, you hit it with both sides of your glaive. Uh, still looking very messed up. You do take purchase on one of the eyes and you watch as it explodes, pushing this black ink towards you, which brings us to its turn. It's going to make two attacks at Gorgonbort and Barnabas. So the first one at... Gorgonbort is a 17. Second one at Barnabas is a 20, not natural. 17 hits. Uh, you take eight points of damage. Roll a strength saving throw for me. Damage, make a strength saving throw for me. Second, the second wow. one saving throw. That's Barnabas with the 10 points of damage. Yep. Wow. Um, you can no longer move uh, Gorgonbort as this this tentacle just wraps around you and holds you in place. What did you get, Barnabas? I was very surprised to be attacked and I'm down to single digit hit points. I rolled a one for a strength saving check. All right, so you are also restrained in your place as well. You then watch, see if it sees Rangar. It does not, you're lucky. One of its blinding spittles seems to move across in your direction but misses you completely as you back up against the wall, hiding as best that you can. Uh, seems that you can avoid damage, but not give it. <laughs> uh, with that being its turn, you watch as it is definitely on uh, death's door. You hear this voice permeate through your head that comes from the individual that you just saved, and it says... I won't be too much longer. Uh, Gorgonbort, you're up. 
You I'm hear still, this. I'm still just want to hit everything. You hear this chattering in your head, this. And then you hear this voice of an ally coming through just saying, hold on, hold on. And then you hear this other voice in your head that's very familiar to you that says, fuck it up, fuck everything up. <laughs> uh, those voices being comforting, coming from way long ago in your past, you eventually, you, your senses come too. Okay, sweet. Why is my javelin in your shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Uh, yep, snap to it. And uh, dare I do an... I'm not close enough. I don't want to have to swim. I can't move anymore. You're restrained, I'm yeah. restrained, so... Which means you can't oh, attack restrained either. by the... Oh, the okay. tentacle. Right, that is the option. I will, uh, yeah, I'll try and break out then. All right, roll a strength athletics check. Contested with its... I got a five on a athletics, so that's it probably... It got a two. Go. So what does it look like as you break out? Uh, yeah, I grab both my... Hand axes. It's not going to deal damage, but I'm kind of doing this just to, as if uh, I was wrapped in chains and kind of breaking out like a superhero when it's in chains. It's like, yeah, you see these muscle biceps out. flex. That's it. <laughs> just, yeah, just flex breaks out. You see tentacles kind of go. Yep, pitter off. That's it, and um, and that's your action. So you got that's a bonus action. action. Bonus action. What can I do for a bonus? Let's go. Uh, I can do a frenzy attack. Make a single melee weapon attack bonus action yes you can because you are raging I will I will swim towards it yep and as long uh, as you have 15 feet of movement and you're within 15 feet yep yep, yep. and then uh, hand axe that's the only thing I have that can uh, can do it go for it so, yeah. roll your attack uh, six six is unfortunately a miss so you go to swipe towards it but you look at Barnabas and you're you, you just fill with guilt you can't hit anything you've hurt him so much Barnabas is very disappointed <laughs> You see like a fatherly disappointed look on his face. <laughs> he just looks to his left. Mm. Saving this javelin so he doesn't lose another one in my shoulder. Um, if that's your turn, uh, Gorgon Boy, it's Morvan. Morvan's mm. up. Look to Morvan with high expectation. <laughs> <laughs> with regard, you watch as his brow softens as he looks towards Morvan. So his favourite member of the party. Are you drowning or not? <laughs> Morvan, is, what is... What is drowning? I couldn't see it under so conditions. Drowning means that you go unconscious, basically. So I black out. All right. Yeah. So, so after this round, at the top of the round, you'll go unconscious. I took damage. Yeah, you did. Yeah. But I didn't, From the tentacle. But I didn't deal damage this round. You either have to deal damage or take damage. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Because think of it like if somebody hits you, you're still going to be angry. Yeah. <laughs> but if you hit somebody, you're still going to be angry. So you just have to do something melee or something attack-wise. Yeah. Uh, well, Morvan is close to. He has no air in his lungs. His lungs are burning. Yeah. So it's the last you get that of his tunnel energy. Vision. Uh, he is going to again roll set uh, chromatic orb mm -hmm. second level hit. Ten to hit. Ten does hit. Oh, really? Nice. All right. Uh, that was uh, fifteen. How do you want to kill this? Oh. Ooh, again, with the his tunnel vision closing in, uh, he just launches another ball of pure force straight in between. Uh, Barnabas and Gorgon board into the center of this tentacle mass and he just wants to see it rupture and explode out from <laughs> its center as a, as a wave. As it begins to explode out from its wave energy, you all get hit by it and you just feel this rush of water past you. You see bubbles clouding your vision uh, and in between that bubbling, you just see this black mass and you hear this screaming from all of the mouths and it, you have to cover your ears because it's just so intense. But then as that moment passes and the light finishes, you're in this sort of calm space, the water's stopping from flowing. You look towards your ally that seems to have been taking care of the issue and you watch then as the water slowly begins to lower and you can see this um, 
this arcane energy moving from within this this gentleman's hands. And as he sort of disperses his hands, you watch as it slowly, the water just begins to to move you guys down, leveling through this area. And you watch as he begins to get even more exhausted as all of the water in the space seems to dissipate. You guys take your stance on the ground and more than just in time because as you hit the ground, you're almost like relieved as you get out of the water and just <gasps> massively inhale, taking that breath. You're all wet. You're all exhausted. You just fought something that you don't know what it is. And this strange man begins <clears throat> making footsteps towards you. You watch as he wrings out part of his robe, squeezes it onto the floor. You see that he has long black hair that seems to go down to the middle of his back. And you watch as he sort of moves his hands over his form and he immediately dries. He looks towards you all and he says, Well, that was bothersome. You have questions. I have the answers. I thank you for freeing me from my stasis prison. We have much to talk about. And as he says that to you, we fade away from this room. And we cut to a space outside of this book. You suddenly find the vision over a desert expanse. Sand rolling for as far as the eye can see. It's dry, you can see those heat mirages occurring. You see a sand cyclone just bissel off in the distance. As you have this top-down view zooming down onto the sandy space, you watch then as a flash appears, a green flash. And then as that flash disappears, you see landing impactful on the sand, an old man, grizzly beard, you can see on his back a heavy iron chest. His weight is pushed up from the sand, one arm holding up his entire weight, and you see him just with sand encrusted on his on the side of his cheek. He stands up, looks around. He says, Arden, Siraj. As he yells out, you hear those voices echo into the distance. And you watch this man beginning to trudge over the sand dunes. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes. And make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes, and giveaways. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember... Share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories, geeks out over narrative roleplay, and loves D&D. We'll see you next time.